All right, let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter number 28, First Chronicles chapter number 28, and uh, we look forward to what uh, God has for us the remainder of the day in the service this hour and then this evening. Uh, already God is blessed, and we look forward to uh, what God has for us today. First Chronicles chapter number 28, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture as our text this morning, and that'll be uh, verse number 20, First Chronicles chapter 28, and verse number 20. And the Bible says in verse number 20, And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all that the, all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. We're going to look at this verse of Scripture extensively this morning. I want you to notice the phrase right in the middle of this verse, He will not fail thee. And this morning I want to preach on this subject, the Father with no failures. The Father with no failures. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray this morning uh, that you'll help us as we look into the Word of God. Uh, Already been a blessing by the fellowship. It's already been a blessed by the music. Father, we need the Word of God to do a work in our life. Uh, Father, may we be uh, submissive to the Spirit of God this morning. If there's one here unsaved, and may they realize their lost condition, realize they have no hope without Christ. May they put their faith and trust in Him today. And Father, I pray this morning that for the Christian, may we be reminded of some very important truths today. May we be reminded of some very important things. And may you work in the life in each and every one of us. And may your name be honored and magnified. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we think of this thought, the Father with no failures, and on this Father's Day, we look at this passage of Scripture, verse number 20. And we find a father speaking to his son. And David said to Solomon, his son. Now David, King David, we know David was that great and mighty king. Uh, We think of David and Goliath and David being anointed by Samuel King when uh, God rejected Saul. So much that we know about David. Uh, David had a desire in his heart to build a house of God, to build the tabernacle for God. But God made it known to David that he would not allow him to build the tabernacle but that he would establish his throne forever, and his son Solomon would be the one that God had chosen to build the tabernacle. Can you imagine from Solomon's perspective, first of all, he's the son of King David. Second of all, God has given him the task, and David has let him know the task that God has for him is to build the house of God. You think you have a big responsibility. How do you build a house magnificent enough for God to dwell in? How do you build a house that's going to seek his, uh, his approval? But it's a great task that Solomon had. And David, the father, David a king, but a father speaking to his son, gives him some great advice and some great encouragement. And what he does is, I'm certain that Solomon had been taught many earthly things from his earthly father, David. And if I was a king, I would certainly, if there was a king that I wanted to get advice from, it would be King David, David that mighty king. But in his advice, David gives some great advice because the advice that he gives him is not to depend solely on what David has bestowed upon him, but David draws attention to his God. 
And David says, even my God will be with thee. He will not fail thee. See, David, the man, could testify to this. David had done some great things. Probably the most famous Bible story, as we refer to them in the Bible, is David and Goliath. David, the mighty warrior. David, the mighty king. Uh, David, the father, uh, had failures as a father. And yet David could say to Solomon, even my God will never fail thee. Your God, Solomon, won't fail, the, fail you. Your God is not one that will turn his back on you. And think of David, the man, with me just for a moment. David did some mighty things, but David had some very big failures. I, I, there's not many people who've ever walked this planet who has failed in a bigger way than David failed. But David, in his wisdom, could testify and through his experience could say, you have a God that will never fail you. You have a God with zero failures. Your heavenly Father is one that makes no mistake. He is the one that you can look to. And this morning, I think it's appropriate on this Father's Day, many of us have fond memories of our Father. Many of us, we may still have our Father with us today. And while we know He is not perfect, we have great memories with our dad. Or maybe your dad is, is, is gone. He's in heaven today. And you think back of times with your Father. Or maybe you would be in the category this morning, a Father's Day is not a happy occasion for you. Maybe your Father deserted you. Or maybe... There was some great disappointment there. But friend, aren't you glad that even my God, even our Heavenly Father, makes no mistake? He's never failed you. Uh, he, has never, he didn't have any failures uh, to speak of. We're reminded of this. All men have failures. All men make mistakes. No man is perfect. But David, I think in this passage of Scripture, we see a Underlying lesson here, David the man speaking to his son Solomon. Solomon, you've got a great task ahead of you. I can testify to you. Do you think Solomon had to, had to be clued in to what David's failures were? Solomon knew the failures of his father. Solomon knew the humanity that his father was. But David reminded him, your heavenly father, the God above all things, he will never fail you. Even my God has never and will never fail you. I want us to, with this thought this morning, I want us to look at this verse of Scripture. And there's several truths that I want us to get today. The first one I'll mention is this. As, as Solomon is facing this great task, as Solomon has uh, this great uh, job ahead of him, he's facing this uh, great obstacle in front of him. He, David reminds him of several things. The first statement I'll make this morning is this. Your courage should be directly related to his greatness. David is saying to Solomon, he says to him, be strong and of good courage. And why could David encourage him to be strong and to have great courage? It's because David knew and David had seen <coughs> that his 
Courage should be directly related to how big his God is. Hey, I understand having hesitation in your confidence in man. I understand uh, the, the, the lack sometimes of trust that we have in flesh and blood. But friend, I'm not talking about a man this morning. I'm not talking about somebody who's disappointed you. I'm not talking about somebody who has failed you. I'm not asking to you this morning to be reminded of, of the strengths of any man, but yet the greatness of our God. How how can we not be strong? How can we not have courage because of the greatness of our Heavenly Father? Hey, somebody's disappointed you in the past. Hey, quit looking at man and look on the God who's never failed you. He's never made a mistake. And our confidence this morning is in our God. He says, be strong and of good courage. I, I, I remind you of this often. Because the devil uses guilt and fear in greater ways than he uses anything else in the life of a Christian. But I remind you this morning that God does not give us the spirit of fear. And we can be strong and we can have good courage because we have a big God. This morning I in no way want to try and minimize what you may be going through, but I just want to maximize how big your God is. No matter what you're facing, no matter what obstacle task you have in front of you, I want to remind you to be strong. Uh, be of good courage. Why? Because uh, even my God, David would say it. He would say, even my God. And friend, uh, my God is the same God that David had. My God is the same God on the pages of Scripture. And that is your God this morning. How can we not have confidence in Him? How can we not have a belief in Him because of the bigness of our God? Too many Christians today are saying, oh, well, I'm just disenchanted by the church. I'm, I'm disenchanted by people because they fail me. Or maybe this morning you're in that category of you don't have a dad on the pedestal because of the actions that he may have done. But friend, this morning, man can disappoint you, but God has never failed you. You'll never have this preacher stand in front of you and say, put your hopes in a man. It will always be, look at how big our God is. And while we may have failures, he doesn't have one. You can be strong because you're dependent on him. You can have courage because even my God, he tells him, and do it, fear not, nor be, nor be dismayed. That word dismayed means uh, dis, di, di, disenchanted, discouraged, disheartened. He says, don't be disheartened at the task ahead of you. Don't be discouraged by what you may face or how big the obstacle may be. Why? Because your courage is directly, ought to be directly related to the God that you serve. And friend, I'll be the first to admit you, many times we put too much confidence in our own ability. I'll admit to you that too many times we put our confidence in another man. Friend, if we'll just keep, we need to be reminded this morning that, uh, listen to David, and David says, hey, I've seen it, I've lived it, Solomon, there's one thing that you've got to be reminded of, you can be strong, you can be courageous, and you're, when you're disheartened, don't be, just do what God has given you to do, because we have a big God, we have a God, our confidence, our courage should be directly related to His greatness. This morning, our confidence is in God, it's not in man. Our confidence is in the Word of God. Sometimes in your life, the only thing you're going to have to hold to is a verse of Scripture. 
Pastor, you're going to risk everything on a verse of Scripture? Sometimes that's all you have to risk it on. I'd rather risk it on God's Word than my Word. And if I'd rather risk it, and to be honest with you, if I'd rather risk it on God's Word than my Word, I'd, I'd really rather risk it on God's Word than your Word. We have confidence. Our courage ought to be direct, uh, directly related to His greatness. Number two this morning. He says, Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Here's the second statement. He won't fail you, but when you do, he'll be there for you. He won't fail you, but when you fail, he'll be there for you. Notice the scripture very carefully. He will not fail thee. Isn't that wonderful to know that our God will never fail us? We may not understand everything, uh, why everything happens that happens. We may not understand all the reasoning behind what God does. Many things we'll never have an explanation for, but we can hold to the truth that God is a good God. He's a loving God. He's a gracious God, and He will never fail us. I have great confidence today. Why? Because I know I have a great God. I have a God that is not capable of failure. That's wonderful, but don't miss this. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. While God never fails, we do. While God has never made a mistake, we have. There's never a time when you face something in your life and say, oh, God just isn't enough and God failed me. But let's all be honest this morning, myself included, we have all failed, failed, we have all made mistakes. And aren't you thankful that when we have a God who never fails, but when we do, he never forsakes us. We can fall flat on our face and we have a God who still loves us. We have a God who still cares for us. Many times we'll walk away from God, but God has never walked away from one of His children. He's never walked away uh, from those that would look to Him. We may fail, but He'll never forsake us. It's a wonderful truth of our God. He cannot fail. He will not fail. Oh, I'm glad that I can hold confidence in that. And I'm glad that I can be bold and strong and courageous in what He has for me to do because of Him and my faith in Him. But friend, in our failures, oh, so many times we can say and we can rejoice, God never fails and He never does. But when we have fallen, it's not about His uh, not failing, it's about our failure. It's about where we've fallen short. But friend, that's when we have to be reminded that He will never forsake us. And David is reminding his son Solomon that in your attempt to do this for God, if you fail, He'll not forsake you. If you come up short, He'll not forsake you. Is there anybody on the pages of Scripture that could testify to this in a greater way than David could testify? We know of the failures of David. His failures are famous. And as I've already said, there's not many people who failed in a bigger way than David did, but yet God still called him a man after his own heart. God never forsook him. And friend, if we had time this morning, and if we were honest, we'd have to give testimony to the fact that in all of our failures, God is with us. I'm glad that God is with me on the mountaintop. But oh, that don't mean near as much as when you're walking through that valley to know that your God is with you. When we fail, He won't fail you, but when you do, He'll be there for you. 
It's good for you and I to be reminded. It's good for Christians to be reminded. It's good for me as your pastor to remind you, you're the only one that expects you to never have a failure. I I messed up. I failed. I can't go back. No. God hasn't forsaken you. We fail, but He doesn't forsake us. I'm glad that we're reminded in Scripture, He will not fail thee. But don't miss those next words. Nor forsake thee. So when we are in a bind, we fail, He's not going to forsake us. Number three. Look at the end of that verse. We'll be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. You have, I have the next word in my, in my Bible circled under the word until, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Here's the third statement. Your days will run out before God's faithfulness does. David's having a talk with his son. You read the scripture leading up to this. David had that desire in his heart to build a house for God. God said, no, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I've established your throne. Solomon, your son, is going to build that house for me. He's going to build uh, me the temple. He's going to build the house of God. And now David is talking to Solomon. And David is reminding him, you need to be strong and have a good courage. It's a big task you have ahead of you. But you, be, you, you just do it because don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. By it because even my God. He'll never, forsake, he'll never fail you. He'll give you the ability to do it. He's not going to forsake you. And then there's a great promise in here that if we're, not, if we're careful, we'll just, we'll just skip over it and we'll not give it the attention that I think it deserves. Until thou hast finished all the work of the service of the house of the Lord. Solomon, God will not fail you until you're done. You always have him. Be strong, be a good courage until your task is done. And this morning, I think it's good for Christians to be reminded. Say, well, have I used up my last chance? No, until your days are done, God will be faithful. Well, have I made too many mistakes? Nope, until your days are done. Well, do I have anything I can do for God until your work is done until you've taken your last breath, God will never forsake you. He'll never leave you. You say, well, I'm glad that God was with me in the past. I just don't know if He's with me in the future, friend, until your work is done, until your days are done. God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never fail you. You can be strong and you can be courageous. You don't have to be discouraged about what you face because until He calls you home to be with Him, He will be in he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Well, does God ever get tired of us and our failures? Not until we're done. Not until we're in heaven. He'll always be faithful. He'll always be true until... I think a lot of Christians need to be reminded this morning that as long as you have breath in your body, God has a purpose for you. Well, I don't know if I can accomplish what it is that God has for me. Well, until He calls you home or until that trumpet sounds, let's just depend on God. Let's just say, God, I'm going to stay at it. I'm going to finish until you are done with me. So many times the devil, as I've already mentioned, he's so good at making us feel afraid or guilty. 
And let's be honest. If we were to bear our souls, we would not be surprised for friends to forsake us. Because we've all failed. So, well, have I used up my last opportunity? Until thou hast finished all the work. Until he calls you home, friend. He's with you. He'll help you. You know, we think of the New Testament Scripture, not the command not to be weary in well-doing. Sometimes we get tired in the service of the Lord. You're in the, you're in the spiritual battle. We're in spiritual warfare. And, and sometimes you just get weary and you get tired of If you're rearing children, you're trying to battle the forces of this world, trying to rear those children for the Lord. And, you, and it, gets, it gets tiring. It, can, can we make it? Can we do it? Until the work is done, He'll be with you. You can be strong. You can be courageous. So that is God's promise to you and I. And David says, Solomon, until you're done with all God has for you to do, He's not going to fail you. He's not going to forsake you. You put confidence in that. The same would apply to you and I today. So what are we to do? We're to finish. Christian, I don't know where you are in your life today. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God today. I, there's, so, there's many of you, if not the majority of you, I have no idea what you might, the burdens you might be carrying, the, the things that you might have uh, that you're dealing with today. I have no idea, and I know what it's like to get to a point to say, is it worth even trying? Is it worth continuing on? You just make up your mind that you're going to finish. You just make up your mind that you're going to stay in the race. You're going to stay in the fight. It's God's responsibility to sustain you. You say, well, Pastor, you don't know how I failed. I don't need to know how you failed. But I want to tell you this. You have a God who will never forsake you. You have a God who would never fail you. It's just not my nature to be confident. It's just not my nature to be be bold in what I do. Friend, you don't have to have a, a personality like that. You have a God who is above all things and your confidence is in him so what do you do until he takes you home you can serve him until he takes you home you can put your life back together until you he takes you home you can rear your children for the lord until he takes you home you can do something for him so finish don't quit keep going keep fighting just finish because god will stay with you until your days are done Friend, the reality is this. Your days and my days will run out before God's faithfulness will. We could live a hundred lifetimes and God would still be faithful. Our days will run out before God's faithfulness does and I hasten and I'll not be much longer. There's an important truth here that I want to add to what we've already seen. David was a man with failures. But he points Solomon, his son, with his great task to his heavenly father, to God who has no failures. I think it's, 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 it's important for you and I to be reminded of that. That God is the one that we need to look to. And on this Father's Day, no father has the wisdom to rear his children. That's why we need God's wisdom. 
No parent has the wisdom they need. No spouse has the wisdom they need to navigate everything that this life will throw at them. We need God's wisdom. There are times in our life when we have no more strength. We need God's strength. There are times in our life when it is but the faithfulness of God is all we can, we can look back and testify to. I don't know how I got through it. I don't know why I got through it. But I like to say is God got me through it. We all could testify to that. All of us need to be reminded that there's still a task in front of us that God would have us to do. And that word until is an important word in the life of the Christian, until our days will run out before God's faithfulness does. But here's the last truth I want us to see. It's found in verse 21. And behold, the courses of the priests and the Levites even they shall be with thee for all the service of the house of God. And there shall be with thee for all the manner of workmanship, every willing, skillful man. For any manner of service, also the princes and all the people will be holy at thy commandment. David is very careful to, as he gives Solomon this instruction, to point him to God. And then I believe it's very important that we see in verse 21, and this is the last thing I'll mention today is God will help you by giving you others to help you. He says, Solomon, you have a God, even my God. There's no doubt Solomon knew of his father's failures. There's no doubt. But David says, don't, don't look to me. Don't depend on me. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be gone. This is the task that God has for you to do. But I want to tell you, Solomon, he'll never fail you. There'll never be a failure that, that, that you find in your God. He'll not forsake you. You be strong. You be courageous. Until it's done, he'll be with you. God's, you're not going to run out of God's faithfulness. It's always going to be there. But there's an important thing I think that needs to be, we need to be reminded in the life of Christians. I think all of us would be on the same page in verse number 20. We would all agree, yes, we have a God. Maybe we don't always live that way, but in our mind and in our heart, we know it's true. We know we have a God that is faithful. We know we have a God that will not forsake us. We know we can be strong and confident whether we are or not in every area of our life we know we can be because we have a God who's greater and above everything and let's be honest we've probably all been in church long enough or been around spiritual things long enough to know that if we have breath in our body God has something he can use us to do it's good to be reminded of that that God's not done with us God's not through with us but I'm afraid in verse 21 is where some Christians lose it where some Christians don't let allow God to help them in a way that God wants to help them. David says you have a God in verse number 20 that will never leave you. And then in verse number 21, he tells Solomon he's going to give you people to help you. And friend, this morning we have a God who will never forsake you. And one way he's going to come through for you is he's going to give you people to help you. Many of us, if we think back, we can give testimony to the fact that God allowed somebody to come in our life at the right point in the right time. 
to encourage us. It begins with that person who first opened the scripture to show us how we can be saved. It begins with the preacher who preached the gospel that day that our heart was convicted and we, and we turned to Christ for our salvation. It could be a Sunday school teacher, it could be a youth worker, it could be a pastor, it could be our parents. But God allows somebody to come into our life. And some of you could give testimony today that you didn't have a father in the home, or you didn't have somebody that you could look to, but yet God allowed other people to come into your life at the right time and give you the right instruction and give you the right direction so that you could get to where He has you today. God does, uh, He is faithful. He will not forsake you. But in His faithfulness, in the fact that He doesn't forsake you, oftentimes is the fact that He sends people into your life to help you. And I just wonder how many times God has His children look to Him and say, Why were you not faithful? And God looks down from heaven and says, What do you mean, why was I not faithful? I sent somebody by to grab you by the arm to help you in that dark hour. But you would not let them help you. God, why, why is it that you have forsaken me? And God says, what do you mean, why have I forsaken you? I gave you a pastor that would get up and pray for you in the middle of the night. I gave you a pastor who with open arms would say, let me help you and let me give you instruction and let me shepherd your family and let me... But you rejected the help of the pastor, the people that I put into your life to help you, to guide you, to be there in that darkest hour. Oftentimes we look at God and say, why didn't you come through? But yet we have failed to see that He's allowed people to come in our lives and we say, what a coincidence to run into so-and-so. What a coincidence that that message was preached at that time. It is not a coincidence. It's a God who is faithful in pressing upon His people. You go help Solomon build the temple. You drop everything to get this task done. And friend, we must be aware of those that God puts in our life. Every child who has a mom and dad that brings them to church and to Sunday school, that is God helping them and aiding them. So they might have, and they might be able to do what God has for them to do. I think, and I'm, per, I'm just going to, I'm sharing my heart today. I, I hope that's okay with you. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm sharing my heart. One of the most frustrating things as a pastor, one of the most frustrating things as a pastor is to have the heart to help somebody and the ability to help somebody, and they won't let you help them. I say, well, I'm just waiting on God. To, no, God sent me. God, God, God sent that, that person you sit on the church pew with. God sent that Sunday school teacher. God sent that individual just to say, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm writing this note, but I want you to know that I care about you. At most, so many times, we don't know what somebody else is going through. We don't know the struggle that they're having, and they're trying to accomplish the task that God has given them, or maybe they have failed, but they realize that God doesn't forsake them. And if I only knew what to do then, but yet God will send people. The reality of it is, and we all need to be reminded. As a pastor, I have to be reminded of that. That with the load that I have to carry and the burdens that I personally might have, that God is going to allow other people to encourage me at the right time and to pray for me and 
stay awake in church on that particular Sunday morning to encourage the heart of the pastor, you know, that would help once in a while. But God's, as a pastor, I have to understand that. God sends people. Don't reject the encouragement somebody gives you. Well, I'm not weak. Really? We all are. I think this would help a lot of us to be reminded that in our times of despair, or in the case of Solomon, he had a really big task ahead of him that God wanted him to do. For those, those of us who are parents and have kids still at home, I can't think of a greater task that you have than rearing those children. Um, it's amazing that God might would send other people along to help us at the right time. David says, Solomon, you can do it. Matter of fact, he even says so. And if you won't prove that there's nothing new under the sun, as the Bible tells us, he says, be strong and of good courage and do it. He said, do it. Fear not. But David, let me t- or Solomon, let me tell you how you're going to be able to do it. In verse 21, he reminds him that God's going to send him people to help him do it. None of us, none of us, this preacher included, is ever going to be able to Fulfill our days, succeed in our journey of life without the help of somebody else. That is how God does it. He's not going to write the solution for you in the sky. He's not going to come to you in the middle of night and, and shake you and say, Hey, this is the next thing you have to do. But he might send a pastor by. He might allow you to run into an old friend you hadn't run into for years and years just to remind you, hey, you got to keep moving forward. Hey, you got to keep, you can't, until, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not through with you yet. Oh, that is how God works so many times. It's a what a coincidence to run into. So, no, it's not a coincidence. God either sent you by or sent them by. Uh, he, 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 he either, oh, I can imagine. I don't know why the pastor preached that message today. I don't know either. And sometimes I'm fighting God on why to preach it, but God is saying, I'm going to send a message uh, through the pastor of that church uh, so that you, as you sit on those pews week in and week out, can be helped and understand that I can do what it is that God has for me to do. And we depend on one another. We need one another. That's why you need a church. Be very careful before you... Decide that, well, I've been here long enough. I know I got all I can get. Oh, we come to church to hear the Word of God preached so that we might be helped. But there's more to it than that. Every message I preach, you can get on podcast. If you don't know what that is, you you won't figure it out. It's It's just... You can listen to it online. So, Pastor, I'm hearing the word of... You know what you're missing out on, though? You're missing out on the brother and sister in Christ being able to encourage you. You're missing out on the, the opportunity to be a help and encouragement to somebody else. When we get away from the things of God, there's, there's two great tragedies. One, people can't help us, but we can't help anybody.
be strong and of good courage. We have a Father who cannot fail, our Heavenly Father. And there's some wonderful, wonderful truths in that verse, verse 20. Powerful truths. The God of David is our God. He won't fail us. He won't forsake us. Until. Hey, you got breath in your body? God's not done with you. God's not through with you. Let's be reminded that God uses people to help us along the way. To go to invitation, my challenge is this. First of all, if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, you need to trust Christ as your Savior so that you might have forgiveness of your sins and have an eternal home in heaven. But as a child of God today, if you're saved this morning, I want you to be encouraged the fact that you have a God that you can count on. You have a God that you can depend on. No matter what our failures are, He's never going to forsake us. But I really want you to pay careful attention to the latter part of the message in verse number 21. Oftentimes we look to God and say, why weren't you there? First of all, God's always there. Why didn't you give me help? Sometimes God sends that help many times, if not most of the time, if not all the time. God sends the help in the form of somebody. Let others help you. Well, I don't need help. We all do. Can I, can I give personal testimony as we close? It's one of the hardest things I've had to do as a pastor. Is to let you be a blessing to me. Because I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to help you. I'm supposed to be a blessing to you. I'm supposed to help care for you. But you know, as I have promises and I know I need things from God to strengthen me, I need things from God to give me leadership, I need things from God as I shepherd His people. God gives me people to help me do that. So I have, I've had to learn to let you be a blessing to me. And so anytime you want to give me a Taco Bell gift card and be a blessing to me, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm fine with that. But would you let me be used of God to help you? Would you let somebody else be used of God to help you? One of the great tragedies of a church member is not getting to know everybody in the church. I know our size church, different services, you can't know everybody, but you can get to know somebody. You, you may be robbed of getting a blessing, but you may be robbing somebody else of being a blessing. So I want to do something for God. I think this is a prayer that all of us could pray today. God, would you use me to help somebody else be encouraged along their way? Would you send me, would you stir in my heart at the right time to pray for somebody who needs prayer? Would you put somebody on my heart and mind that I can send a note of encouragement? Hey, for some, if you just put a smile on your face on Sunday morning when you came in, you might, you might accidentally be an encouragement to somebody. 
So we don't know what I'm going through. Oh, we're all going through a tough time. Oh, we all have burdens. We all have difficulties. That's why we want God to use us to be a help and encouragement to somebody else. Let others be a blessing to you. That is how God is faithful to you. That is how God never forsakes you. He, he, he's, he's, he's on his throne in heaven, and he's such a big God that he can impress upon this person to speak to you at the right time. He's such a big God that he can shake your pastor in the middle of the night and say, that, that alliterated outline you're preaching, you're not preaching that tomorrow. Guess what? You're getting up early in the morning and you're, 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 you're drawing out another message. And you're going to, why is that? Because there's somebody who needs what it is that God has sent. We must all surrender to Him to use us because somebody else is counting on us. I think it's going to be an eye opening thing. We, if, I don't know how it's all going to be when we get to heaven, but the thought of, well, God, I thought you let me now, but no, he sent that person right at the right time to encourage us, to help us. Father, I pray.